Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review the show that used to be known as NXT, but... No! <laughs> <laughs> Reviews, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a money quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. It's just noises now. As I said, I'm joined by Hamlet Sidgwick to review last night's NXT and the road to Halloween Havoc. Let's not piss about it. This was rubbish. This was a rubbish show. It was a couple of decent matches. It was a segment that I genuinely quite liked, and I thought it was. Uh, it sounds very rubbish. Backs against, backs against the wall decision to make that I thought the segment came across better than I ever would have had any expectations for. But this was a pretty rubbish broadcast. I'm not feeling a great deal for this Halloween Havoc build, considering that they're positioning it as a, um, not a takeover, because that brand isn't a thing anymore, but it's a Saturday night, it's its own thing. Halloween Havoc traditionally has been one of the more fun nights in the NXT calendar for the last several years. There's not a lot on this card that's really popping for me at the moment. The ladder match is good because Von Wagner's in it. Funny, but <laughs> like, otherwise, and I like rearrange your chess pieces, Sean. On this, uh, your board was better when it was multicolored, but like, just I don't know, nothing's really clicking. The, the good match wasn't great, either, yeah, which didn't help. Yeah, ultimately, I was just bored, rigid, th- uh, watching most of this. Some bits of quality, not enough. It's basically it's the worst of both worlds because it wasn't the great NXT. It wasn't the hilariously dismal NXT. It was just mid, mid throughout. It felt like they were saving a lot for A, next weekend, B, obviously next week when they're just going to hoy loads of main roster stars on Yeah, there. a bit of that. The Raw that I missed was apparently incredibly boring when I was on holiday last week, mm. and they produced that knowing we've got a ripper lined up and we've got Wyatt lined up, so we'll get the buzz back. We can just take this one off and make and fine-tune the next week and the week after. So maybe next week's will be good. Yeah, I couldn't help but felt they took the foot off the gas a little bit mm-hmm. this week. Because um, there's not a lot to add elsewhere as well. I think it was summed up by how ordinary Booker T was. Like, he ripped it clean off when Toxic Attraction came out. Mm. And he started with quack, quack, let's get cracking, man. Yeah, but... Good stuff. That was it. That was where he peaked. We had a very sort of sensible evening for Booker T. And I don't know if he was asked to tone it down or what, but I was expecting more nonsense and we didn't really get it. I did appreciate his total lack of preparation. His oh, yeah. outward lack of preparation. <laughs> his kid's guys? got a lot of potential, and it's like he's been working for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It's silly as Ragnarov. All, all, <laughs> all that's missing is, how much does this guy weigh? Yeah. <laughs> if I was reading it, was like, you're going to do NXT? Yeah, it's a deve- developmental gimmick, yeah? And he's like, right, okay, that's fine. Shut up. He's like, right, okay, they're all young kids who are green as greys. <laughs> And he's going, yeah, this kid's got a lot of potential. It's like, yeah, that one's actually, <laughs> he's been working a long time. Yeah. Actually, okay. Well, he filled us in, by the way, that Bron Breaker is a son and nephew of the Steiner brothers. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you picked that up at any point during the match. <laughs> Thanks, Book. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, Brombreaker actually opened the show after the big introduction of uh, Booker T against, uh, what's he called? What's his nickname? Javier Bernal? Big. Uh, I was going to say Big Body, but I don't know. Do I mean Big Body Javi. Yeah. Big Body Javi. Tights, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and this was uh, uh, the way every Brombreaker match probably should go, mm. to be honest. It was a bit of a squash, but. You talked about booking him like Goldberg, and this was, you know, as close as we were going to get, and probably the closest we are going to get in the midst of all this Halloween Havoc stuff and the triple threat. He controlled for most of the match. Bernard did have a brief uh, flurry. Um, he got taken down with a hard clothesline, sent into the corner, belly to belly from uh, Bron Breaker. Then he charges at Bernard and he kicks him in the face, does, does Javier. Um, kicked him in the face again after he got hit with a bulldog, uh, but Breaker just. Shook, shook it off, threw him off the top rope and finished him off with a press slam. And there was a little bit of me that was like, ah, oh, where's the speed? And to be fair to them, they were like, where well, they went, no, it's coming. Just don't, you don't need to use use that up early on because he's got such a wicked spear. Anyway, post-match Hamlet, uh, J.D. McDonough jumps in, uh, squares up to Bron Breaker. Ilya Dragunov comes down. There's a big face-off between the three of them. J.D. headbutts Dragunov. Breaker and uh, McDonough get into a brawl. Dragunov goes to nail JD, obviously, but he moves out of the way and he hits Breaker accidentally and then sort of goes, eh, well, not the end of the world. Holds up the NXT Championship and more on this later. Yeah, I um, I thought the match was all right. Yeah, I, there were exceptions to the rule and I suppose in Bianca Belair and Roman Reigns, there's two for me personally at the moment, but typically I love uh, working world champions. I love it when they'll just come out and have a TV match, just have a TV match to remind you that they're ruling the roost and they're the stewards of the show and all that sort of stuff. So this was a perfect one of them for Bron Breaker, as you say. It didn't go any longer than it absolutely needed to. You got cool Bron Breaker moments. It wasn't electrifying. Like, he's had better... Well, my God, Bron Breaker's like a wrecking machine, but this was good enough. I'd, I really didn't have too much of a problem with this. Uh, what I do have a problem with are these absolute rats that he's got to defend his title against. I can't stand a pair of them, man. Elia Dragunov's <laughs> act is just badly, badly not for me. Like the, it's too, it's too earnest when he's talking about pain and suffering and that's what motivates me. I absolutely hate his like conductor bit that he does. Like he doesn't, he doesn't radiate like a baby face energy for me. He looks like a man that is destined to get his head ripped off by Bron Breaker. Like if those two were in a real fight, I compared like, uh, we're like talking on the way up to the studio, like Ely Dragunov looks like the worst person you want to see in a away game. Like you just, you're going <laughs> into the ground, it's like, oh, he's going to be trouble. Like you can just tell later on he's going to cause bother. He's got like one of them faces. JD McDonough, I'm predisposed to think that anyway because he's an awful little NXT UK rat as well. These are absolute <laughs> dweeby little, like they can both go, but they're just both little creeps. And like Bron Breaker is what a wrestler is to me. And I want him to batter them both. Like I want him to win and put this bollocks with these two to bed. Like I want another challenger for Bron Breaker because I'm not into this story at all. And the headbutt was pretty cool, right? As a way to start a kickoff. But I, I couldn't separate my own tastes as relates to these two in this match away from what might have been an otherwise objectively decent like bit of heat. I liked Break. Uh, I just always love to watch the guy run the ropes because mm. he looks like he's going to explode into you with that ridiculous frame and it's going to knack. Like, oh, no, that just looks like I would not want to be in the ring with that monster at mm. all. And he effectively conveyed that in a good short match that did not overstay its welcome. But I've got similar apathy and just ugh, kind of revulsion. Not revulsion, that's way too much, but like I just don't like the vibe of two of these guys. Similarly, not getting a clear, defined baby face who I'm really getting behind. And the premise of the story is, well, I'll be a cock. If you're going to be a cock, because it's all about the title, and sometimes I might just have to be a dickhead. So at this point, it's like three dickheads who will do anything it takes to win, ir irrespective of where they might fall ordinarily on the face heel alignment. Well, you're in my way. Actually, you're in my way, so let's fight. Tedious, absolutely tedious, just not a good pro wrestling story for me or a good story altogether. I just thought looking at this, looking at Halloween Havoc card, I think it's the match I'm least looking forward to, which is a real indictment of it all because, like you said... It'll be the best one, which it, oh, is a Triple H problem. It'll be great, but, um, like, I get the feeling, obviously, with it being a triple threat, that you have McDonough in there maybe to take the fall and then you can he's continue He's already lost the breaker as well, hasn't he? So he's only there for that, you would yeah. assume. Yeah, and then you can continue this. And I was like, yeah, I just want him to spear them both and pin them both, mm. just hands on Stack their chest. Up, yeah. And it's, yeah, the other, not necessarily thinking the other matches are going to be better than it, like you say, but I have more intrigue even in, maybe someone's going to get set on fire in some of the other matches. Kind of, like, it's weird with Breaker because we've talked about the match 
thing being an issue with like how they insist on him working into a certain formula in these specials or in these big title defenses. But they're kind of now starting to. He's staying over, so dropping the ball is maybe unfair. But it feels like they're dropping the ball with like how they're lining up his opponents as well. The fact that McDonough's back in this match, even if it's just to take a fall, is flawed. He, he had his go and he lost. We said it at the time, where, where'd you go? You've had this big debut and you lose. Well, the back of the line is where you go, and yet he's straight back into this. What, two d- two defences later? Bron, yeah. Bron defend uh, against Tyler Bates, and then somehow Jaden McDonough's got straight back in, even if he's just to be the fall guy. And then Dragunov gets his goal, which again feels all very routine. He will also lose, you would assume. And it's just following on from Joe Gacy and a couple of others. They're not really furnishing... Bron Breaker with these acts that are, maybe they're helping him in ring, maybe it's dark art stuff that I can't see, but in terms of as a viewer, I'm not particularly entertained by this title run. I'm just glad he's keeping the belt. And also on top of that, I'm looking around at main roster WWE and not only with what they've got going on there, but also rumblings about even more people being signed. You suddenly not, you're there going, oh, you can't take him up to the main roster now. You just get lost. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's there, he's there at least till like they take a title off him. And I imagine they'll want to take a title off him and it'll be that kind of, like, I've done some things. I'm the Undertaker now. I've done some things around here, but it's yeah, time to go, that sort of thing. And he, he feels a long way from that as well. Mm. He still feels very much like a young prospect who just happens to have won the top title. Just wish there was someone there who's got a history of beating people and sending them away from NXT who could make a great NXT champion. Uh, Alba Fire had a vignette where she talked about being uh, <laughs> more of a visual person than, you know... <laughs> That's why she kidnapped Mandy Rose, and uh, she's going to get a title shot, and she says, I know Gigi and JC probably want some revenge, but I never back down. You've sent a massive message in 100-foot flames, and now a week later, you've got to try and explain why that's normal, why that's totally normal behavior. Like, one of my sons is very much more of a visual learner. We don't uh, set things on fire to help him learn his (laughs) maths and his alphabet. Come on, six times six. I've set the living room on fire. What more do you want? Like, don't try and rationalise this stupid character trait because you're obsessed with it. Uh, just, just, just do it. Just, yeah, just, just, just do, do it. Just do the thing. Just do the thing. Uh, we got a video package recapping this uh, series between uh, Nathan Fraser and Axiom. <laughs> you pressed the wrong button. That's a genuine mistake because that used to be where the button is. It's now here. Axiom. No! <laughs> They said I'd stop it, but now. For the context, we <laughs> we riffed on Degeneration X and we finally cracked the true meaning behind the phrase suck it. And it turns out all along they're referring to their genitalia. Yeah. So we just had a bit of a bit of fun about that, and that's explains that. That we often put over what a professional broadcaster will on it is. For our listeners, because we're not like phony fakers, that was a shoot mistake. Yeah, that was a shoot mistake. You rarely see that from Wilborn. That was really so polished at his job. Yeah. Don't sing me again. That was on purpose. That, that was, that yeah. was one big old press. <laughs> uh, yes, and then it was time for the, the third match. Axiom, <laughs> man. Imagine, like, doing the bit where he's like, sort of, oh, where's Axiom gone? Who's oh, over there telling him, Fantasy is gag. <laughs> Suck my Axiom. One plus one equals suck my cat. Comics, maths, fellatio, axiom. <laughs> so obviously they've got... Axicum. Jaxium. <laughs> oh, so yeah, they start... Don't do anything about his old name. <laughs> Smart, yeah. They start off slowly. Axiom's working over Nathan Fraser's arm. Um, <laughs> he, I'm a bloody arm. <laughs> I'm a f***ing arm. It's been a while since we went off and break. I love that. If they didn't oh, make these characters geek assholes, might be able to take this very good wrestling match seriously. Yeah. It's like a great mess- wrestling match broke out on this show of just... What? This is the, what? I feel on top of the world, eh? <laughs> this thing doesn't... Thanks, Anger. Right, I scored a winner in the big game. <laughs> yeah. Very non-specific. There's my new theme, I think. <laughs> the big soccer match. Yeah. This is going to be the match of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, backflips off the top row. It's great. They're really, really talented, all yeah. this. 
backflipping off the top rope and then hitting a, a moonsault off the middle rope into a reverse DDT. Nathan Fraser, you are ridiculous. They have a face-off. I think we went to break then. Oh, no, we went to break, sorry, after Fraser goes up top, Axiom catches him there, um, and th- then I think Fraser goes for a Hurricane Rana, and Axiom just catches him and power bombs him across the top turnbuckle to take us to break. Bonkers spot that. Um, we come back, Axiom's uh, getting dominated, but he breaks free and hits a German suplex off the middle rope and a flying crossbody for a two count. They uh, fight around ringside. It looks like Axiom's going to be counted out, but he uses that super speed to get back in and just break the 10 count. Um, Fraser goes for a Phoenix splash, but Axiom catches him brilliantly in an arm bar. Uh, he goes for another series of submissions. Fraser escapes. Uh, Fraser gets sent out to the floor and gets hit with a moonsault from Axiom. Fraser hits Axiom later with a superplex, goes for a falcon arrow, um, but uh, Axiom reverses it again into a submission. Uh, they trade shots. They, there's like a double pin at one point. Um, Fraser hits Axiom with a super kick. Axiom hits Fraser with a super kick. There's a knee from Axiom in there, and then they start trading pins, and suddenly Fraser just catches him, holds him down, and gets the one, two, three. Nathan Fraser advances to the ladder match for the North, vacant North American title at Halloween Havoc. This was really good in places. I can't pretend that, like, I burst into work, like, ready to just share all my favourite gifts, and we were ready to all talk about this match again because we haven't done that. This was really good in places. What I was looking for here, because we talked a bit about it on the preview, was to try and see things that they were, like, adding extra care to because we both know that, they, like, they can go to a ludicrous degree. Like, Nathan Frazier, for all, a bit rough around the edges as a character, his moves are the type of things where, well, just chuck him on raw and see if this works, and then maybe he'll get the rest as he goes because he's just such a freakish athlete. Don't piss about if you've got something there. Um, they had those flashes, so I'm going to give them credit for something that, you, like, it's a bit low, a bit LTST this, but that Phoenix splash into the counter... Obviously, it's been put out there that Nathan Frazier was trained by Seth Rollins, and he you could do the idea that, like, well, he's been watching Seth Rollins' matches, he's perfected the Phoenix Splash, and the Phoenix Splash into the arm lock counter was exactly what Riddle and Rollins did. R- uh, Riddle caught that. So the idea that Nathan Frazier's watched Seth Rollins' big match recently to see his move, and then Axiom's watched it as well to see the counter, is quite it's nice. great. That. Like, that's a really good detail, it's I great, think. Great, yeah. Like, that's, and that's what kind of what I was looking for in this match. So I didn't get as much of that, but I really appreciate that detail. And, like, the high spot work is, we say this every week, like, best in the world stuff. That's, I don't think that's hyperbole. You know, there's, like, they're doing stuff that you would see on, like, the more sort of favoured... Uh, high quality wrestling products, a really great dynamite, or like a Japanese, like in a psychotic Japanese indie where it's like you've got to see this clip and you'll never see the wrestler again, but the clip is incredible. Like they're doing it in flashes. Yeah. I, I didn't feel a great deal for the whole match, but the moments were cool. Yeah, absolutely. I was expecting this to go a little bit longer, be framed as a far bigger deal. Like the thing is, it's just they actually have magic here and they're not quite doing enough to sell it. They should be saying, God damn it, we've got the best match in all of wrestling right Ricochet now. Ricochet Osprey 2016. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We've got that mm. about us on this show. God damn it, you have to see it. They have to sell it like that. As it happens, it was just great, great futuristic professional wrestling in this absolutely silly context, which I can't stress enough, does so much to do a disservice to yeah. all of this. Like Osprey and Ricochet weren't like, cool guys, but they were presented against this really legitimate backdrop and the coolest promotion in the world, and it just felt like a movement. Nothing will ever feel important or weighty or anything in this context because it's fundamentally too goddamn stupid. You've got Nathan Fraser, like, seeking the counsel of a guy who's had eight matches or whatever, Sanger, and going, I'm on top of the world, nah. (laughs) Thanks, mate. I think I'll use what you've just told me off screen next week. Which bit of the match did you use? Tell me what I told you were doing this match. It's just <laughs> like so silly. It's just so silly. Um, technically excellent, at times exhilarating. And the biggest compliment I can pay to a show that, even though I, I just my brain doesn't compute things on double speed, it just I have to. I slog through it. I absolutely slog through this show. Kind of desperate for it to be over so I can just get me breakfast and me cup of tea. I rewound the bit where I think even Vic Joseph was like, how the f- has he done that? Mm. He must be in a Boston Crab. This is Axiom. Yes. Dinosaur. No. <laughs> no. Axiom, because you have to press that button after. <laughs> He's in a Boston Crab, and he gets a pin attempt out of it. It's yeah. like, how have you, have you like, have are you double jointed? Have you dislocated like joints 
so that you can then put them back together again and do this. Like, how on earth have it's you amazing, done this? Yeah. It was am- like genuinely that is the word amazing. And yeah, if it was just sold, the degree of like this is best lads. Watch this. You thought that they should have had the clash dark match, didn't you? The clash of the castle dark match. I thought I thought Nathan Fraser should have had a match at Clash of the Castle where he was built up on commentary throughout the night saying, look, you, we, we no gar- story, but look at this. Yeah, we're guaranteed yeah. you're going to get your mind blown. We've got the mm. hottest prospect in the entire sports entertainment world on this show. Has to cut an interview. So it's like, oh, he's from like around here in much the same way Seamus and Drew are, but it kind of yeah. works. And he should have just debuted on the main roster there and then. With Gable, wasn't it, you said? Have Gable come out and shoosh everyone and then probably. Oh, man, yeah. You're right. Uh, Great match. Uh, and I'm excited to see... How he works with Von Wagner at the pace. Oh, no. Uh, right, Ilya's off, off home. His work's done for the night. Uh, he's getting interviewed and asked about the attack, and he's like, well, it's a battlefield out there, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly in the background, you're like, wait a second. There he is. <laughs> There's the real star. Gregson Bloody Wall is here. He's got those, like, blackout sunglasses, not sunglasses, like medical sunglasses yeah. sort of on. Uh, and he says, uh, hi. You want a bloody edge, didn't you? Well, Grayson Waller doesn't need an edge when he beats Apollo bloody Cruz. Um, and uh, Ilya says, huh, why are you wearing your grandma's sunglasses? And uh, Waller's like, well, all right. but it, it, I'm still pretty sensitive. All the, I was bleeding out of my fucking eyes, mate. I don't know what you want. I'm still pretty, pretty sensitive to the light. Plus, my grandborn's got style, so don't say that. <laughs> Love that, protecting... Protecting the gimmick. <laughs> he buried it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. before. Uh, and he says, oh, for an accident, you sure are trying to sneak out, aren't you? And Ilya's like, oh, I can stay, and there's going to be a match later. It, like, the idea that, again, this, like, super intense guy, Ilya Dragunov, has, like, bad grandma jokes in his back pocket is, again, the WWE, indictment of the WWE scripting thing, isn't it? It's like, well, we've got this line, and we've got this match, so that's happening. <laughs> like, whether you like it or not, it's not really who I am. It is tonight, pal. <laughs> Say it. Say it. Do your little conductor fingers. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Let me conduct some patter for once. <laughs> that was very much. I also like the fact that Grayson Waller seems to have a real issue with Mackenzie Mitchell all the time. Get, yeah. Forget him into bother when it's always him. Uh-huh. Just just don't talk. Don't say anything. He's a treat. He's an absolute yeah, delight. He's on great, show. Grayson. Um, right. Um, uh, we're lucky enough uh, to be in the presence of the locker room leader next in the locker room, Sanger, uh, giving some advice to, I think it was Valentina Ferroz. Uh, and uh, she's really, honestly, she is a lucky girl because Sanger says, I'll be in your corner tonight. Huge. Huge. I imagine that. Huh? What an endorsement. Like mid-match counsel with Sanger. Uh-huh. It's one thing to, you know, absorb his teachings backstage, yeah. but, you know, under the bright lights, the pressure's on. Bright lights, Sanger. I'll turn it on. <laughs> under the bright lights, the pressure, the TV cameras, high-caliber opponents, um, more experienced than you are. Uh, decorated athlete. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I'll probably put this as a side-by-side with when Ric Flair teamed with Mr. Perfect. Yeah. I'll be like, same energy. Same pass, energy. Pass it on. And it's honestly like, but you know, you're in that context and you're thinking, right, it's, I've kind of forgotten what I've been taught here. Um, it's all slipping away from me under the pressure. Like I'm in my own head and my God, if only Sanger was there <laughs> and my God, he was. Um, and Indy Hartwell. Comes I, mean, I could just say, what do I do now, Sanger? <laughs> What's the counter to this hold? That <laughs> Give you me your hold? six matches of knowledge. <laughs> Do you think this was like LTST? She's eventually going to join the museum because Sanga was a learning tree, but that tree was jabbed down. Oh, you get a tree, you get a tree. And <laughs> <laughs> Yarwell says, "My ring, see you out there." Basically, yeah. uh, Apollo Cruz. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it today. Okay. I'll be good. Uh, he's writing in his journal, talking about people's limited perspectives and uh, how turning the lens on yourself can show something you don't like. Uh, and he says, uh, Halloween Havoc, we'll see what happens. Chucky appears in a vision of his, and he says he's going to leave Waller in the dark. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of interested to see how Grace and Waller interacts with Chucky, to be honest. That should be banter. They did Chucky and Ron, didn't they? A bit of LTST. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So this is weird, right? Because there's this, like, oh, he's got, got a vision after talking some bollocks. And then the vision is weapon, 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 like pretty gnarly weapons. And then it finishes. It goes, I want to leave you in the dark. Oh, so it was a blindfold match then. Yeah. Don't show us the weapons. Then give us the, literally the worst match gimmick of all time. That isn't the Undertaker working a casket match because the Undertaker sucked. I've got these magic powers that allow me to see in the future. What I want to do is blind myself in a physical contest. You're wasting those powers, Apollo. Not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a real gift here. 
You really should be using this to your advantage. <laughs> uh, then it was time for uh, Indy Hartwell versus uh, Valentina Ferros with Sanger, of course. Um, Hartwell surprisingly has the early advantage, despite the fact that Sanger's in the corner. Mm. Um, but Ferros fights back, catches Hartwell with a back elbow, puts her in a submission. Hartwell gets the uh, escapes out of it, and then she gets put in another one and just to get to the ropes. Um, Ferros jumps to her feet and rocks Hartwell with a uh, running knee. For a two count, but uh, during all this, Sang is there, obviously offering his counsel. Obviously, obviously, just really teaching, arguably teaching both of them, teaching everyone. We're just lucky to be in his presence, um, and uh, he's there, obviously in a in a red suit. Mm. And then who should come out in a blue suit? Yep. And Via Mahan, of course, and he whispers something in Sanger's ear, and he looks a little bit confused. And then Sanger leaves. Valentina Ferrazza's corner and walks backstage with Via. A shocking turn of events. I think he knew in that moment that she was ready. Yeah. Because that like Sang- well, what could he do for her at this point? Sanger has forgotten more than we all know. Yeah. That's the thing with Sanger. That's what we've always said about him. It's time for the Road Warriors to ride again. It is. Uh she's the, the Brothers of Destruction 2.0. Ferroz re- realizes that he's left, charges at Hartwell. She dumps her over the top rope, does Hartwell, and onto the apron, and then superplexes off the apron back into the ring for the victory. Very, uh, very Sami Zayn, Matt Riddle here, in that as good as the match was, you were just obsessed with the quality angle. Yeah. Similar situation to Raw. Shawn Michaels taking a leaf out of his mate Triple H's book. I mean, like, Christ, what are we doing here? Like, it's, it's, it's an Indershare angle in the middle of a pretty rubbish match. What else could I possibly discern from this? Oh, no. Five minutes of television. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, the, the cheeky bastard, right? Marty Jannetty took years, years to make it back to WWE, and that Rockers reunion was so sweet. That's the only way I can describe it. The kick up, like, the kick up didn't quite work. Yeah. And then they got a couple of double teams fired off, and Shawn looked like 50 years younger than Marty. Like, it's still good. It's still good. He knows how to do this. In the share. In the share. You're taking the piss out of me, Shawn. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Um, but after the match, we uh, cut to the uh, elevated platform where <laughs> this is good. Oh, where our boys are there pretty dearly in the most ludicrous outfits possible. They've literally got on a giant like foam cowboy hat and one of those one of those hats with the space for beer cans and straws that come down into your mouth. They've got no tops on. Why would you if you're pretty deadly at the end of the day? And, uh... and they've got uh they have go on the front yeah. and then PD, PD on, the back. on the back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, they say, uh, well done, but we're fantastic. It's all about... Foam Dome. That's what them beer hats are called. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name. Foam Dome. 
Uh, anyway, they say, uh, anyway, gathering. Uh, they say, because uh, it's time to watch three teams beat the crap out of each other for a shot at us. They slag off all the teams brilliantly, as always. Uh, they say they're going to crack open a cold one, and they've got the sausages on the grill, but they are the two tastiest snacks in NXT. Yes, boy! Yes, boy! Glad to put on a platform. Because it could not be any clearer that absolutely nobody is on their level. Yeah, this division, no, no. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, they're not just good, kind of like honky-tonk man-adjacent heel champions that are going to do whatever they can to win. They're so locked into their characters in a way that nobody... I cannot believe... This feels right. Like, they've they've come from AEW, not NXT UK. This this is total opposite land stuff. Yeah. It's like the one set of characters that are completely and utterly where they should be and know themselves and understand all of this with a BT Sports studio, like, funny guys. Yeah. I don't know how it's happened. But it's yet another indictment on like the actual proper performance center. Like Enfield did one thing right, and, uh, and it's pretty deadly. Yeah, I'm talking about the match. And, uh, uh, yeah, before that we had uh, uh, Cora Jade backstage, and they're talking obviously because next week they're going to fight people who they've selected from the main roster. Pick your poison. Pick your poison. Why is that happening next week? I don't know why next week specifically has been. Anyway. Go home show for Halloween Havoc. Uh, yeah, good point. Right. Um, she says, uh, I've been in touch with some people. Does uh, does Cora? I'm um, just narrowing it down. That's like when people used to ask me how my uh, essays were going at uni. How's that essay? You? I'm working on it. I've just I've got a few bits. I'm just, I haven't started it. <laughs> I've just got a few bits percolating up they there. tidy up the intro, I think. Yeah. yeah. I.e. write one. <laughs> Uh, but she says, well, I bet you Roxanne's probably having a bit of uh, trouble because she hasn't got any friends. Um, and Mackenzie said, oh, and actually, I spoke to Roxanne and uh, DMs are blowing up. She's going to be at SmackDown. Uh, and she says, what? Uh, have you got Ronda Rousey's number? And then uh, Mackenzie says, no. And, and Cora J leaves and she goes, oh, actually, I haven't got it. I number, actually. So for LTST, uh, Roxanne Perez, she's going to SmackDown this week, right? And we know there's been previous. She's going to pick Natalia, isn't she? Right? Sorry, everybody. She's going to pitch. Like, Natalia had the Corrigan thing. That was a bit of LTST. Well, AEW love... needs to pack up and go home then. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, like, Corrigan being like, I knew you were going to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Drive Chief. Completed it. So. Yeah. Anything you want to say about this? Yeah, no. It's funny. It's, right? very, <laughs> there's very little I have to say about this product at this point. Tuesday night in war next week. The Tuesday. The God. I've. And I was going to compare. I don't want to talk about wars, but it's going to be quite a one-sided war. I'm probably going to. Isn't there a world? T- is the world title match next week? John Moxley and Hangman Page. Oh so. my god! Well, aye, but but what if it's not? I tell you, he's not going to get the blame. John Moxley. And uh, like if they chip into that audience, rough week for all the hanger. Uh, right, and then it was the number one contenders match: triple threat tag teams. Uh, you've got um, uh, Boris Johnson and so thanks a lot. You've got. Uh, Malik Blade needs just no fee, and then you've got um, oh, who've you got? Uh, <laughs> Kevin Patrick. I know. The day I don't know. I don't know. You don't know who's in that hoodie. <laughs> you don't know who's in the hoodie. That's so true. Yeah, could Red be. Hoodie. Yeah, it could be. Could be you. Oh, who was it? I was going to say it was uh, the new uh, commentator on uh, Monday Night Raw. The Kevin Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> run wild early on. They've got the advantage. Uh, and uh, they do a spot where they all have a nice hug at ringside, including Joe Gacy. That's the full gigging hug. Yep. Um, uh, looking up at Pretty Deadly, who are just chucking popcorn in their gob or whatever they're doing. Uh, they isolate Malik Blade. They cut him off. Um, eventually, Briggs comes in. He clears the ring. He looked, he looked good here, to be fair. He was just just chucking people all over the place. Uh, he chucked, uh, I think it was Mick Jagger, over the top rope onto the pile and then assists uh, Sir Wanks a lot into hitting a dive onto the floor. Uh, when we come back, you're in control. Uh, they go for a double superplex, but uh, uh, Jensen gives him a double power bomb instead. Uh, Briggs gets the hot tag, runs wild again. Um, hell of a bump. He chucks Blade on the outside into the ropes. He bounces off him and just takes his head off with a, a clothesline. Um, there's a series of running splashes from the uh, the country boars. Um, <laughs> hits another. <laughs> 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 he uh, hits Briggs. Hits another with a kick for a near fall. Blade hits a crossbody onto. Uh, I think it was Mick Jagger again and Jensen. Everyone hits big moves in the ring. Uh, Blade and Anofe run wild and clear it. And I think that's all well and good, but you're not winning. 
Um, then they hit huge dives onto the heels. Joe Gacy gets involved. He's furious at ringside, grabs uh, Malik Blade, and then suddenly, Kerry Grabs comes in, takes him out. I think he hits a cave-in even on him at ringside. Great one as well. Mm. Yeah, Greatly. and uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, they're setting up for their finisher, but Grimes pulls out Robbie Fowler, uh, and Anofe rolls up uh, Jagger, Mick Jagger, and gets the victory. Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. Oh, boys, and the number one contenders. Yeah. Um, I've become a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine at the moment is something that Cedric mentioned. I'm not going to name the site or the destination or definitely not the writers because it's a lot of different people. And they're not at fault as such, but it's um, going back after the fact and checking out like show reviews. We're like, uh, nice match. Good match. Looking forward to uh, another good match in the next segment. Maybe we'll have a nice match. This was very much a nice match to build to a nice match. Like, I didn't feel a lot for it. it was, the work was pretty good. Um, it wasn't, I didn't find it terribly engaging. I don't think Enofi and Blade versus Pretty Deadly is going to be a title check. They're obvious. Yeah. Here they are at, at the level at the moment. Maybe in six months' time they go again if you take them seriously, but you're not to take them seriously now. The finish wasn't that committed to them in giving them the yeah. shot as well because it was all about Grimes and the day. we get a bit of power between the two teams? That, I think, has got loads of potential. Like, way more into the, a few segments between them and the actual match. But, like... The snack off. A snack off. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. But the, the problem, and this is what these reviewers seem to be just absolutely high on, is that when it's like, nice match, I think this will lead to a nice match. It's like, it doesn't leave much room to criticise. There's nothing inherently bad, but I cannot go, like, high on praise for it. Yeah. Look, I hate the energy that NXT insists upon in general. Like, look at, this, look at these fans. They're so hard to please in here. They're going crazy <laughs> for this action, which is high-paced. And the commentators scream... If that helps you think it's real energy and excitement, I've got a glimpse of goddamn real energy and excitement here. Like, if you could just calm down, settle down, lad. Vic Joseph could be quite a effective commentator if... So I suppose for him, this, <laughs> what your advice you're giving him now is it really is a... You could uh, do with a... This is my teachable moment to him. It's if he doesn't go absolutely ape shit for a, I don't know, like a headlock yeah. or a Russian leg sweep, which I used to when Bret Hart did him because, oh my God. Oh my God. When Good Briggs. Snap. Unbelievable snap. Yeah, man. Well, fundamentals. Great. <laughs> Great fundamentals. It's been a while. When Briggs did the thing where he's launched someone, I can't remember. I think it was Malik Blade. Yeah. Uh, there's like six people in the match, and I was just, you know, hold him up, and then boom, clothesline. And Vic Joseph went, I felt that as well. Unfortunately, yeah. you shot your wad six times in the opener. Yes, so exactly. Got, yeah. So if you just were a little bit calmer, mm. you know, WWE commentators scream. It's like, it's wild and so synthetic. Like, within the first three minutes of Dynamite, I'm like, oh, this is a better wrestling product. <laughs> the good stuff means things. Even when it's a bit, you know, a bit dry creatively. Jim Ross won't put anything over him when he should. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. What did he say? This is bad booking. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't wrong. That was uh, Dan Lambert and uh, Brandy Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bad booking. This is bad booking. <laughs> Not even saying the quiet bot loud. He's saying it all. Uh, thanks for your input, Jim. <laughs> Enjoy Rampage, I guess. <laughs> God, but mind. yeah, I, I got... Josh Briggs in this match. I was like, oh, there he is. I get that character now. More than just Country Boy and his mate who can't have a wank. You can have a wank. Well, yes, yeah, a shag. I thought they were off. I thought that main event try it might be like, come on, bugger off. Let's see if there's actually anything about you. Like, Raw will be like a bit of a test of their metal as characters, I think. I don't think those cowboys are long for the world on the main roster. It's stupid enough to just about fit, but they clog up NXT for me. So I kind of hope they're gone after this. It's a good bloody move, that. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Just, uh, it's the characters. Oh, yeah, lame, lame rubbish, man. Yeah, I'm just going to kick your ass real fast. <laughs> That's what it is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Will, he get, will he get a shag before they leave, at least? I'm, I'm a new generation version of the uh, the Young Bucks trolls. I'm like, smoking guns better. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> uh, JCJ and Gigi Dillon's body. Yeah. Looks like it would really hurt you. Uh-huh. And then his fist did, too. Yeah, I know. Mostly. <laughs> Oh, was that a dark side? That was a dark side, wasn't it? Yeah, poor guy, man. Bought the hammer gun. That left hook that just, like, cleaned Bradshaw's clock. And took yeah. out Dr. Oh, Dr. Honestly, I... Dr. St. Williams, All-American. Linebacker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's lying on his back. I was literally just 
watching the the Bradshaw like JF back into the left. <laughs> back into the left. Yes. Show me it again. And then Oh, congratulations. Here's Butterbean to try and kill yeah. you. It's a real boxer. So good. <laughs> what was Bar Guns theme? Uh it was, was a smoking guns theme. Was there any words? I can't, no, I can't, no, I can't remember. No, there was no. But he, he at, Rus- at WrestleMania, he had the Brawl for All theme, and it was that one that went, didn't suck my cock, didn't suck my cock, make a cock, didn't suck my cock, and suck my cock, didn't put down, put down, put down, put my cock, cock, cock. That one. It just kept going and kept going. It's been the office this week with the Zigman Kanks there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just the it's just the action of Senate. Yeah, it's, it's the X week. It's their fault. Twenty fifth. As always, it's not our fault. I just didn't know what it like literally nine ninety seven. Twenty six years. I've just it's not twenty five years, come on, get your mouth right. I just, it was just a revelation to me that that's what it meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought the best way to hammer it home was do the magic of song. After this week, everybody will know. So the next DX anniversary. Mm. So twenty five years. Into, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Strike me down, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, JC Jane with Mackenzie. I think says she's going to send Alba Fire to Middle Earth or something, but they've got a surprise for her later on. Uh, and then Kiana James uh, was in her office, busy at work. She's going to face ooh, one of Chase U's students. Who could that possibly be? <laughs> um, and uh, she's in the midst of buying the land Chase U's going to be on or is on. Dallas. Is that it's absolutely right? I was, I was like. Suddenly, super into this. Hey, business assistant, get me some business over there because I'm pretty sure I'm going to do some business with Chase University. Well, what university are you going to buy? Chase University. You got any buildings? Just one. Just one dorm. It's a dorm. It's a classroom. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> Covers all the students. I'm going to take that land. You can have any university you want in the world. That one. <laughs> that one. Why is that? What about Yale? Oh, <laughs> Brown. Harvard. Harvard. Princeton. Princeton. I like the idea. Cornell. Cornell. She's slowly taking over the land because rooms are just getting vacated because he keeps sacking students. Vassar. Vassar, yeah. He actually needs to sell because, like, Chase University is in big trouble. <laughs> uh, anyway, more of that later. Uh, and Alba Fireface, JC Jane. Um, and, well, this is mainly about what happened post-match, I suppose, really. Uh, obviously, Alba Fire... Shouldn't be. Shouldn't, but it is. Yeah. Uh, Dolene was causing distractions to give Jane a chance, but it's Alba Fire. She's on the road to, to a title match, obviously, so she dominated for the most part. Um, Jane got a couple of near falls off, like, a cannonball and a neck breaker, I believe. Uh, but Fire recovers, sit-out powerbomb, suicide dive takes out both of them, uh, and then she brings Jane back in. Gory bomb for the one, two, three. But like I said, it was all about the post-match hamphlet. Uh, Fire celebrates. She's slapping hands, walking back up, and suddenly a fan grabs her and slams her into the railing thing that's around the fans, uh, takes her hood off and reveals, Sonia Deville is here. She has joined Toxic Attraction briefly. Yeah. Um, and they beat her up, beat her around ringside and finish off with the whole shield power bomb through the table, which did look great. It sort of exploded. I thought this was kind of great, actually. I was, it was, I was surprised. I wouldn't have considered this. Um, it's a nice workaround for the situation they've obviously, unfortunately, found themselves in with Mandy Rose currently, um, because it's not even that L in the LTST. There's obviously a link between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. In the interview after the fact, she was putting over Mandy Rose as a champion. Like I've known her that she's great for years, and everybody should realise that. So of course there would be some loose connection between these characters. So she was a good pick in that regard. And I like the fact that she acknowledged we haven't always seen eye to eye. Yeah. The beatdown was the best physically Sonya Deville has looked yeah, since she came yeah, back. Yeah. Like, I've missed that. Like, because they made her such a ludicrous character, I, I don't know if she was dumbing down her work to play this, like, authority figure that's just getting back out there, but just deployed as an ass kicker. I thought she looked... W- like, problem was, she looked way more legit than Toxic Attraction. Like, but the beatdown, I thought, came across fantastically well. And Sonya Deville and Alba Fire might be pretty cool. I think yeah. that could be a cool like, match. As a singles match. That next week. Co- yeah, that yeah. could be pretty good. Yeah, should be good. Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Joe Gacy and the Dyad, collectively known, of course, is uh, walking around in the back. They attack a cameraman and do more S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, actually. Pick up the camera uh, and say, I'm going to, Joe Gacy says, I'm going to eliminate Cameron Grimes of the world. Uh, and he'll face the full force of my jizzing, uh, of the schism, sorry. Um, three on one. <laughs> such a complete cock. Uh, I guess, uh, he's got no mates, Cameron Grimes, basically. That's yeah. what he said here. Um, I'm just pleased they're going again. I wanted more of this every week. Cameron Grimes and Joe Gacy forever and ever. Like forever. 
Um, there's a vignette with just how good mates Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons are. Copy paste of what we saw last week with mm. the tag champs. Uh, and then there's security, Hank Walker, uh, and of course Quincy Elliott. And they're talking about what's been going on. And uh, Quincy's got a match, I think, next week. And Hank Walker says he's got his back. And their their chemistry, as the security put over, is occasionally slapping each other on the arse. What am I supposed to take from this? I don't know what I'm going to take from this. Like, if they... So, if this is going to be like a romance storyline, I don't trust WWE's ability to handle Ooh. it. Because they're already, the implication is that, like, Hank's security, mate. So, like... Well, they what, what's, what's going on there, Hank? And it was like, well, what if so? Well, I fancy Quincy. Like, what are they supposed to go? Yeah, I don't know like, what I'm scared about what they're going to do. It feels here. off. This I well, love Quincy Elliott as a character. Or they're earnestly attempting to be progressive for wrestling, and then Christ, that could go wrong a hundred million different ways. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. They're not. How toned it? How toned deaf are WWE in 2022 under Triple H? Don't know. Bear in mind... Not as bad as they were, but even so. Bear in mind the treatment of virtually every single Asian character on NXT 2.0. Yeah. Which was genuinely... It obviously went under the radar because no one gives a toss about the show except us in a critical capacity. Mm. But my God, it was vile. They bordered on the goddamn vile at times. I don't trust them on that basis to do anything um, in terms with the storyline. Uh, then we got Wesley versus Stax, who, despite what happened here, I hope will uh, find the time to land on his helipad. He got straight in there, didn't he have to work last Jordan night? Afterwards. <laughs> Obviously, this match came about because of Tony D's injury. Uh, and, and Stax, for his boy, goes after Wesley's leg, dives after it straight away, eventually catches Wesley with a chop block and uh, targets the leg submission. Lee has to break free from it all. Uh, but Lee fights back because he's great, and uh, put Stax in the corner for a running uppercut. Uh, he looks like he's dominating, and then suddenly his leg gives out because of the work that Stax has put in. Uh, Stax takes advantage, torture rack into a neck breaker for a near fall. Uh, Stax goes up top, but Lee catches him and nails him there. He body slams him down to the mat, goes up top and hits that mint spinning sent on of his for the one, two, three. Post-match, in comes Trick Williams, followed soon by his mate, Mello. Uh, and they jump in from behind and beat him down. But Oro Mensa makes the save and clears the ring. Lee even hit a dive onto the heels. It's all ladder match stuff, this, isn't it? Yeah. I um, I promised myself in this job I would never become one of those gutless cowards in the scrums or the press conferences, the co-opted media. Mm. And today I break that promise because he's the fourth guy on the podcast now, isn't he, old Staxi? Mm. And for that reason, I found it very difficult to be particularly critical of what was otherwise kind of like Wesley fighting absolutely anybody and having a Wesley match. Like, I'm sure there are better nights for old Stax, mm. but he was there to be a very, very bland base and nothing more. And I dare say other people might be harsher to him, but I have been, yep, I have been sucked in by wrestling more, and I am too now showing my biases. Yeah. Sorry, I've got a bit more integrity. I thought Stacks, and you know what? It's not as if he's been wrestling for a particularly long time. So it's not as if he's had an off night and it was a terrible performance. And, you know, it was pretty consistent with where he's at in terms of his actual IRL development. Um, and that's the key problem with critiquing this goddamn show in general. Because, uh, you know, it's not a great wrestling match. Oh, what do you want us to do, mate? I've had 10 of them. I was like, why are you on telly then? It's just the heels. Yes. Yeah. The I got grand, a bit of that from this show, yeah, just the, across the board. The grand problem. And, you know, what else am I meant to do? To say the same thing every single freaking week. <laughs> um, but it was a bit where Stax was literally failing to keep up with. You hear that expression quite a bit. He was literally failing to keep up with Wesley. And that's quite a hard task because he's so fast and rapid. His work is so convoluted. There's a bit where it's like you had to um, do a front flip because there was some kind of a head scissors or something, and it just got there, so it didn't look bad, but it looked nearly bad. Not a great night for Stax. Mm. Well, uh, he had an interesting meeting later. I hope he's read the... Su- we'll see We'll see what, what he thinks about it in a bit, I suppose. Uh, this was the bit with uh, Sonia Deville and Gigi Dolly and JC Jane Mackenzie Mitchell, and she says, yep. We might have had our issues, our problems in the past, but we're still best friends. Nobody gets away with kidnapping Mandy Rose, and uh, yeah, she challenges Alba Fire to a match next week. Then we cut to the uh, local medical facility, the hospital, uh, and Roderick Strong, in a comedy neck brace, gets wheeled in uh, by Ivy Nile. There's the Creed brothers in the waiting room, uh, and uh, Roddy says, I'm pretty much ready to come out now. 
Uh, it's been a rough, rough time in here, but things are finally looking up. And Brutus, and he said, what's up, Brutus? And he says, oh, Damon's going to pay for what he did about Damon Kemp, of course. And uh, Roddy apologized for bringing him into the group. Um, I just need you, Julius, he said, to win at Halloween Havoc, win that ambulance match, and they do the whole hands in, diamond mine forever. It, it, it's obviously because they're at a hospital, but they might have just done those zapper resuscitator boom, on the diamond mine, because I thought this was quite sweet. Like, yet again, this stable that should have died 50 times for most of being rubbish or inconsistent or pointless has found its, la- its like latest life. There was something earnestly nice about like idiotic Roderick Strong now realising the error of his ways a little bit while looking comedically injured. I don't want a turn. I don't want a twist. I want like them to get some comeuppance eventually, whenever that be, and like move forward, bless them. I quite like this. In spite of myself and what I like in wrestling and how much this was almost impossible to take seriously... It felt like them doing a big reunion after years yeah. and years and years. <laughs> it's like, no, this, this iteration might be the longest iteration of Diamond Mine, but it's still like this really cursed stable. That <laughs> Bivens was in once. Yeah. Stokely yeah. Hathaway was in this. Yep. So Don't forget the guy who looks like a Jack Simon Pegg with long hair. Remember him? <laughs> you remember that? that meant, I'm not sure. I, I wake up him. screaming here and that going through my head sometimes. Oh, <laughs> but. Dread it, run from it. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to fucking say it. He's going to say it. Uh, then we got a very brief match between Kiana James and uh, Thea Hale, um, which was interrupted before it even started by uh, Bobby Stone, who says, oh, I'm furious about you chucking me about last week. I'm going to ruin your night. And he immediately gets backdropped, obviously, by Thea Hale, who stupidly then concentrates on dry-jacking. I believe is the phrase, uh, as he's rolling out of the ring, turns around and gets hit by Kiana James's finisher and pinned. Everyone in this segment looked like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's all, so, the, that's all the summary uh, needs. Well, I'm not talking about it anymore. Uh, but backstage, a hero's return. Did you hear the huge pep <laughs> in my house? Uh, when Tony D comes back, stacks his, well, licking his wounds, I suppose, backstage. And uh, yeah, Tony D walks in on crutches. And Seth goes, how you doing, boss? You good? How you feeling? And uh, yeah, How you feeling? That's a really good impersonation. If he pops up, yeah, yeah. Him that. yeah, yeah he should. And then, like, we'll I see what I've he thinks. Developing he, a headache. You should do that impersonation in front of him, and then he can review it, and he can let you know what he thinks of it. If he was to turn up, well, hypothetically, hypothetically, yeah, I've got actually got to nip out in a minute uh, <laughs> for some podcast-related yeah. meeting. Uh, so hopefully we we don't miss Passing each other. the corridor again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he, Tony D says, hey, I'm doing now better than you were, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> you just lost it was, You just lost the Wesley, huh? And I told you a few weeks ago, I told you to get off that apron, but you don't want to listen. So what happened? <laughs> I blew my PC out to a million pieces. Hey, Tony, you know I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you said it yourself. Actions have consequences, and you're going to feel those consequences next week because you got another match. Who's in a guess, boss? Wesley? Nah, <laughs> I'll see you at the club. Hold on, Tony. You know I'll fight anybody, boss. Uh, but who is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you remember that time in eighth grade when you beat up Ralphie because he cut you in line at lunch? Wistful Tony. That's a <laughs> I love wistful, nostalgic Tony. Exposition Tony. <laughs> Remember that boss? <laughs> that was a war. Nobody disrespects me like that. Oh, well, it's gonna be <laughs> like that. Again, solo. <laughs> He'll lie down. Bye. <laughs> oh, listen, I love you, kid. But you'll know who it is when his music hits, all right? Scenes closed. Well, yeah, because I don't really know the themes of any of these guys. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's WWE. You'll know, you'll know who it is when his name appears on the trot. Yeah. Oh, that guy, yeah. Uh, and Stax concludes by saying, Hey, I'll take on anybody. Um, I've just got to nip out. Okay. But what did you make of this segment? Is it... Well, this is preview stuff, but is it going to be Tony D? No, That's the kind of setup that would do yeah. if it's going to be Tony D back in there. And they've like falsified the severity of his injury. To build to a twist, maybe. I didn't get that. I just took it as, well, it's next Tuesday, we're getting somebody else in the main roster. Like an, a new associate, a way to draw two characters together, possibly. Hey, 
<laughs> I just saw I uh, just saw Will Bond down the corridor. He said he'll be back in approximately however long this goddamn bit takes. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of the match, CJ? You? you like it? Uh. <laughs> Half what? Uh. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, yeah. guys. Well, the thing is, Stax, you're just not as experienced as Wesley. So let's just say yep. in the in in the match, you know, and in reality. He had the edge over you, and it was a little bit obvious, not just by the finish. Yeah, you need a bit of work. You still got to sit in the learning tree a little bit, yeah? Indeed. I you are athletic. don't get any jism on me. <laughs> you are you're very athletic, Stax. Thank you very much. Mm. I have been working out. Uh, and uh, Did you play any sports in school? I played volleyball. <laughs> Heavy sets at the gym? Oh, clanging and banging every goddamn day, Hammy, you know. What's uh, your favorite sport to watch? My favorite sport to watch is uh, baseball. It's baseball. Who's your favorite player? Jose Canseco. Okay. Hit an awful lot of slam dunks. In a Jim Carrey film, if I remember rightly. And uh, I was a big fan of Jim Carrey. You could probably tell it. it, it, it Will Bond likes him. Uh, he relates to a lot. Of, anyway. Really inspired by him. Uh, what was I going to say? How great is it to see Tony back and no issues between me and him and the family, huh? Do you, um, Tony had a certain tone to his voice. Yeah, you know, happy. Happy is Tony. That, is what that what I, I was, was going to say, you know him better than me. Absolutely. Because so yeah. I read it a different Glowing way. Glowing review, I believe, <laughs> of my match. But, like, we wouldn't know best compared to you, would we, I suppose? Why, well, I'm sure he has picked an appropriate opponent that I will deal with appropriately next week. Uh, Stacks, you might yes. you might want to change your favorite baseball player. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Mickey Mantle. Is he a baseball player? I think so. Okay, I'll pick that one. I will just do a quick uh, <laughs> character <laughs> check. Obviously, you didn't know Stacks. No, I, uh, I <laughs> saw him in that goddamn film. Was it the Liar Liar, I believe? Your pants are on goddamn fire. I mean, let's move past uh, this quickly. Stacks, you uh, you let us know that next week, I believe. Now, there's a, a bit of a sort of a... I'm not quite sure how this works out. You said you were going to be on holiday next week, Stacks. Oh, and, yes, I am, of course. <laughs> and yet Tony's booked you. Are you going to obviously come back from your holiday? And I will be... Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. I will have to go straight from NXT <laughs> back on holiday. I will be unavailable for the goddamn Which podcast. Which is a big shame because me and Sid would have loved you on the preview to speculate on you. We're going to have to do it now. Who would you like? So Sid has offered... An, I, I don't want to... Like Warrior here, he's offered a possibility that it could be Tony. If not him... Was it my quarter? Tony in my quarter? No, Stacks. The way he was secretive about it, and why would he be secretive? Mm -hmm. Unless he wanted to challenge you himself. I, I, I didn't get that whatsoever. I, I, that preposterous, Sidgwick. You got any uh, people off Raw Smackdown you would like to face? I would like to face Dominic Mysterio, personally. <laughs> I would like to watch I feel that. I could actually handle him. <laughs> Uh, but before I go, I gotta kind of ice my neck a bit more. Uh, I got some jokes for you. You want to hear some jokes? Yeah, a bit worried. <laughs> a bit worried, but yeah. Oh, I've been working so on some good ones. You're, you're dropping Conseco as your favorite baseball player, Starks, and yeah. that's not. Uh, your wedding, your wedding. That I apologize <laughs> to anyone I may have upset by that. <laughs> your wedding stuff was iffy. Okay. Well, uh, I got a bit of a joke about your boss. Everyone hates their boss, except me. Obviously, I love Tony D. But uh, if you don't like your boss, do you know what? Uh, what do your boss and a slinky have in common? I don't know. Wait a minute. We can get this. We can get this. It's time like, to play the game. You want to push them both downstairs. They're both fun to watch tumble down the stairs. <laughs> wow. That is very... Don't actually do that, obviously. It's dark. <laughs> it's a, that's a very stark smart yeah. joke. That's how they deal with the situation. You want a bit, a bit more of a lighthearted one. Well, <laughs> uh, less so, actually. But uh, well, we'll see. And maybe it'll be edited out. Uh <laughs> <laughs> what activity does the Owl Mafia participate in? The Owl Mafia. Picture that. I, right. Tweet to Nocturnal. Um, throughout night. What, is, what else goes on with owls? Like, like the tweet, tweet to, tweet to. What kind of owls are there? Barn owls, tawny owls. Tawny, the tawny owls. Tony Diaz. Sheffield Wednesday. The owls don't know what they seem. Something about it. It'll be a pun on Tweet Woo. What's the answer, Stax? What's what up, sorry, what's the punchline, <laughs> Stax? What activity does the Owl Mafia participate in? 
Drive-by hoodings! <laughs> hoodings! Put you there! It's the way I tell them. One more joke for you. Okay, I like it. Bit of a blue one for the dads, this one. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh God. Why are Mafia members so good at sex? Uh, I got to go after this one. <laughs> so, like, they get the fingers pricked when they're made. Oh, yeah. So, so they've got, like, uh, strong pricks, something like that. Strong pricks. Um, strong pricks. I don't think it's going to be that, though. Oh, and they're good at sex because they... Uh, they're like a horse in the bedroom. You know, Whoa. like they get the famous scene from the Godfather. The Godfather. I haven't seen that scene. <laughs> you haven't seen the fucking Godfather? I watched it. I, I fall asleep uh, quite often watching it. I haven't seen that. Is there a, there's a horse in the Godfather? It's pretty famous, Stacks. Oh, I must have missed that. <laughs> Gonna give him the gimmick away, Stacks. Why are Matthew members so good at sex? Because they've always got a stiff in the trunk. How you doing, huh? That's the way I tell him. Bye, Stacks. Oh, I just missed him. I, I just saw him pass past him in the hallway. You're all right. I think he took a shot at the head in that match last night. He's, uh, <laughs> I worry about Stacks. Uh, right, let's, let's... Yeah, I'm worried about Stacks as well. <laughs> let's get back to this serious show, because Von Wagner was backstage <laughs> with Robert Stone, and he basically said, Bobby, cut the sh <laughs> uh, And he wants to get serious before the ladder match, and blah, blah, blah. Can't wait. Are they not long for this world? Von Wagner got a main event match this week, didn't mm -hmm. he? So he's going to be Adam Pierce's security guard again for a week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Uh, I loved his lines on that show. That was my favorite part. <laughs> uh, Cameron Grimes gets interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, and he says, Yep, yeah, you know what, Joe Gacy, you are right. I don't have anyone I trust in NXT, but it doesn't apply to all of WWE. He's going to have two partners to face the GDM next week. Usos. Usos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Viking Raiders. Don't know. It's good. Eh? Who's like the most Cameron Grimes adjacent tag team? New Day. New Day. New Day. Feels like that's probably that, if I had to guess, that's where I'd go. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. It's fine. Just uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would prefer the grizzled young veterans versus the New Day, but. You'll get it now. Nah, there can be. You'll get it eventually. Triple H is going to give you what you want. Sean stuff. Aye, but when he gets them up, like, that's going to be the end of the day. He's going to. He like them. Almost time for the main event. Before that, uh, Cora Jade. Why did you say that? Just Cora Jade yelling at Mackenzie next, saying uh, she's been chatting with Rhea Ripley and she's off to Raw, basically. So more teasers of who's. Well, the poison they're going to pick for, for next week's NXT. And then it was time for Grayson Bloody Waller versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, Hard-hitting affair in terms of uh, Ilya Dragunov here. Hard chops to uh, take the advantage early on. Uh, but Waller fights back, surprise, surprise, using a cheap shot. Uh, and then he hit a sidekick and reminded us why he's the best person in NXT by immediately doing a Booker T pose. <laughs> Protect this man at all costs. Um Come back from the break, he's still in control, but Dragunov fires up, destroys Waller with chops and a kick to the head, uh, goes for a back suplex, another cheap shot from Grayson Waller, takes over, beats Dragunov down, hits an elbow drop off the middle rope for a two count, uh, follows that up with a sleeper, but Dragunov sends him into the corner and just nails him with a clothesline. Waller regains control, drops Dragunov, hangs him up on the top rope, uh, Ends up outside the ring, and he's going to do that mint setup where he runs and rolls into the ring and hits that finisher of his. But he's next to... <laughs> it wasn't there all day, was it? No. He's next to the spin the wheel, make the deal wheel, which starts spinning on its own. So, <laughs> Polo Cruz has other powers now? <laughs> Maybe there was a gust of wind. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So was Apollo. The wheel starts spinning... It, pathetic. It either more people should talk about how pathetic this show is. It freaks out Grayson Waller. It gets back. Shame Halloween Havoc's not in Canada, otherwise it could have fought in the fart dungeon. Dragonov, it's a German suplex. Hard, hard, hard. No, can't suffer me. And he, Dragonov hits the torpedo for the win. And as he's celebrating, Brombreaker runs in and spears the sh out of him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the where this spear was. If you were thinking at the start of the show, nails him, poses, and 
then you see JD McDonough clapping over his shoulder to close out the show. I don't think this main event was much mm. to shout about. I don't think they worked well together. I think they had a glaring lack of chemistry. The absolute nonsense on the outside was funny, but it's like, okay, why the FBI sort this out? It's like <laughs> unexplained phenomenon. It's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Um, and there was a bit in this match where Waller, uncharacteristically stilted, had to run the ropes to enable something that Dragunov was doing. And it just looked so choreographed. Um, this was Wacky Sports Entertainment heel versus bloody, yeah, he's very good, but very boring, r- proper wrestling wrestler. I just thought it was a character, tone, mechanical styles clash. Yeah, I would agree. Not much to add there. I found Bron Breaker Spear quite cathartic. Mm. Like, again, like you say, there was a certain thing that you felt like was being saved for something of that impactful. And I did think the wheel stuff was pretty funny. Yeah, and, and I, like that is obviously what this this kind of episode needed a lot more of, and they were saving it for the main event. But I, I, I didn't. I was a little bit disappointed by the match. Like I want to watch Grayson Waller to uh, to echo the words of uh, alleged AW office worker CM Punk when he called uh, MJF a less famous Miz. I kind of want that from Grayson Waller, like a flippier Miz. Like he's only going to have a certain ceiling, but he can be perfect to fight a guy like Ilya Dragunov because he's got a couple of little flips in his locker, but he's there to lose and be a bit of a mm. comedic heel. And this didn't work in the way I imagined they would have expected. Not a terrible match on paper, but did not work in practice. And it partially increased my interest in the three-way because, yeah, they've told a fairly decent story in terms of basically it was going to be two two good guys in a match against a bad guy, which is dumb. But obviously, you know, the bad guy's going to scheme and what have you. Start of the night, he pisses off Bron Breaker and, and Dragunov accidentally hits him. By the end of the night, they're at each other's throats and... J.D. McDonough's got his wish, and, and he's going to try and use that. And fail, obviously, but he's going to try and use that to I want sneak, sneak the title at the paper. Get it over with. I want Bron Breaker to like, stack those sawn-off little rats up like Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania 37. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts uh, on NXT on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today with a preview of AW Dynamite. Uh, but for now, this has been the NXT Review. My thanks to the Daily Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.